Welcome to Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, no moral victories. One NBA writer is claiming that the Hawks have a trade problem and the Braves don't play second fiddle to anyone. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Hitting Hard is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. We ask you to head over to YouTube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser. When you get there, hit that subscribe button, leave us a comment. We are free and available to download on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your favorites. Also, Roku and Amazon Fire, that's two more platforms that you can check us out on. And then give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Well, look, the Hawks fought hard last night. They lost 119-116. Really, Bradley Beal was the difference in the game. He had 37 points. They couldn't stop him. They couldn't keep him from getting to the basket. He was arguably the best player on the court last night. He was 17 for 30 last night. But... This is a team that had a worse record than you, and they're on the road in your building, okay? Yeah, the Hawks fought hard. Yeah, they they kept it close. Yeah, Trey Young had a big night and, you know, yada, 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 yada. Uh, there are no moral victories right now, though. You know, this has got to be accumulating wins, and we've got 20 games to go now. Now, now we're at the 20-game mark where you're going to play the Wizards three more times, so you're going to see plenty of them. You have this Fakakta thing that next week on the schedule where you play two games and three nights against Miami, and then you go to Washington and play two games and three nights against them. So you're going to get a lot of the Wizards, and you better figure out a way to stop Bradley Beal. But, yeah, they fought hard, and, yeah, they were in Quinn Snyder's debut, and they did some good things and this and that and whatever like that. But for the Hawks, it's sort of the same old story. You couldn't stop anybody. You couldn't stop anybody late. And really where the Hawks, the Hawks really had their issues in the first half. They were five for 19 from three in the first half. And they were just never able to really build the kind of lead that had they have hit a few threes in that first half, they might've been able to, to kind of make this thing a double digit lead and, and really make Washington kind of fight from behind. Now, they shot the ball well in the second half. They were eight for 16 in the second half from three. But that first half, they just could not buy a three. But it is the same old story with the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, still not playing enough defense, just can't get over the hump, couldn't expand the lead when they really needed to. But there are no moral victories in this thing. Hawks have got to find a way to string together some victories. And, you know, when you look at the Hawks now, They're on pace. The way that they're pacing is 23 wins at home, okay? That's four. That's a pacing of four less wins than they had last year. They were 27 and 14 last year. If they win 23 games at home, that's four less wins than they had last year. And that's the thing that kept them afloat as far as getting to the play-in round and getting to the play-in tournament. But they have to be better at home. 
And while we can talk about, well, it's a new era and it's a new dawn and the two victories that they had and all this kind of stuff, you got to beat the Wizards. That That's one of those teams that you have to beat. If you can't beat them up there, you certainly have to beat them at home. And you didn't take care of business last night. And so, yeah, it, it's it's frustrating because now you really are running out of games. You know, there's there's no more, well, it's early on in the season. Well, we got plenty of time or this, that, and the other. Brother, it's going to go by in a heartbeat. And you're facing teams that are directly behind, directly in front of the Hawks. You're playing plenty of those teams. Washington, Miami, you still got another game with Brooklyn, Boston, right? You still got plenty of games against all of those teams. And then, you know, here comes Memphis and Golden State, and they're going to come to your building. And then you're going to go on the road to a couple of the Western Conference teams, Minnesota, San Antonio. So you, you can't think about, well, you know, we're we're still building and we're still growing and this and any other. The whole reason that they brought this all together was, and the whole reason that they fired a, a, a coach and then brought a new guy in in five days is you need to win. It, it had, I mean, they're looking at this year. Tony Wrestler is looking at what are we going to do this year? Forget next year. Next year will be next year. We we can we can talk about next year in the off season when we get there. But we got to show signs of life. And we have to show improvement and we have to improve our stead. You don't pay a guy. Let, let, look at this from a common sense standpoint. You don't pay a guy top tier coaching money in the realm of all of the coaches that have won NBA titles. You don't pay him that kind of money. You don't sign him to a long term deal. You don't bring him in with 75% of the season over. And you don't just pull him off a beach coming back from vacation. If you're not interested in this year, we can talk about, oh, it's building and growth and this and that. And we're going to talk about a story that is by a CBS writer here in just a little bit. But this is about this year, this 20 game stretch. You know, this is big time. This is getting, you know, serious and stringing together wins and improving their standing and still trying to make a run with this thing. And they did some things to strengthen up their bench and, we may talk about that, that I think their bench is a real X factor moving forward. Now that you got everybody healthy, you have to find a way to win some games. So we can talk about, well, you know, nothing's really going to change in 20 games and it's really about the future. No, it's, it is about the future, but it's also about the right now because they have to figure out if their coach and players can get along, they have to figure out how much say going into the offseason their head coach is going to have. And don't be surprised if we start to hear some things about that. Quinn Snyder is a guy who wants to be involved. We heard it from David Locke. I talked to talked to the um, beat writer for uh, the Utah Jazz for the Salt Lake Tribune on my radio show. They've all said that Quinn Snyder is a guy who wants to be involved in the process. They want to be, he wants to be part of that voice in the room and, helping to put together the roster. And again, he didn't, if he did this just for money, he doesn't just need money. He wants to build a winner and he wants to build it the right way and do it with his kinds of guys. So we can talk about future expectations and where the Hawks are going to be in a year or two or this or that, but they're looking at winning games now. 
The owner of this team is looking at winning games now. The owner of this team didn't bring a guy in, didn't pay him top-tier money, didn't pull him off a beach from vacation just to kind of flounder the rest of this season and, and bring him in with 75% of the season over with. And his contract is based on the idea of when he finishes this season, then, then he'll have four more years on his contract. So no moral victories in this thing. Yeah, they played well and this and that and all that kind of stuff. And what can you learn? There are no moral victories. The Hawks and their ownership are looking at what are we going to do now? What can we do now to improve this ball club and get a spark for these guys and light a fire underneath them? And they're looking at what can we do to win ball games right now and make a run at this thing? Yeah, we'll deal with the offseason when the offseason comes. But right now, it's 20 games, and they need to make a run. And you got to take care of your business against the Wizards when you're on your home court. That's the thing. You got to win these home court games, and the Hawks are not doing nearly enough of all of that. All right, let's talk about our friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel's America's number one sports book. And look, the NBA season is getting wound down and everything like that. But you can still go to FanDuel.com and get your no-sweat first bet where you can get as much as $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, easy to use. You can bet on money lines, props, everything in the NBA. But when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, FanDuel.com slash locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, claim your no-sweat first bet and you can get as much as $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get that $1,000 in bonus bets. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook betting partner of the NBA. And we remind you to make hitting hard, uh, besides making hitting hard with John Trucker your first listen, make sure you make locked on sports today your second listen. Biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps. And the take of the day available, Odyssey, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get all of your podcasts from. So one NBA writer, and this is from Bill Ryder, who put this article out earlier this morning, says that, and this is the title of his article, okay? The Atlanta Hawks have a Trey Young problem. Quinn Snyder is there to fix it one way or the other. And they get into the idea of, and, and they talk to, and, and this is always my issue with these things, but they talk to NBA executives and an NBA GM off the record, right? They just say NBA GM said, NBA executive said, and all these kinds of things. That That's my problem. I mean, if you're going to talk to these guys, I mean, I know that you can't source it. I know, I know that you can't. I know that you can't say that, you know, the whatever. I, let's just pick a random team. The Memphis Grizzlies general manager told me that, you know, they have a Trey Young problem, right? But if, you know, it's also a little bit disingenuous to just use the quotes in the article. But they they speculate about the idea about why did Quinn Snyder take the job now? One NBA executive or one general manager said, quote, the money why not? Um, love of the game. Um, you know, there were guys that were given different reasons as to why. But 
I found this the most interesting part of the article. And I don't know how much this jives. I don't know how I don't I don't know how much that this is accurate. Um because one NBA executive said, um, or I should say one NBA GM said that this was all about Kyle Corver and his relationship and kind of schmoozing over the wrestler family that it was it was not about it was not about Landry Fields and excuse me here as I'm trying to trying to get um, um, trying to get here um, here's the here's the quote uh, from from them that Kyle Corver was the one this is the quote from the article Kyle Corver was the one by managing the wrestlers effectively who pushed for Snyder's hire. There are whispers that Landry Fields didn't want Snyder hired in the first place. Now, we know that certainly Kyle Corver was probably the driving force. He he knows Quinn Snyder. They have a pretty good relationship, right? I mean, you know, I, I can understand all of that. But the idea that Landry Fields wasn't on board with this, that there are whispers of that. And I don't know how much I buy, but I, I do think that Cal Corver went to the wrestler family, Tony wrestler and his son, Nick, and they definitely, and, and it was pushed on them that, Hey, this is the guy we got to have. And it all makes sense from the standpoint of, look, he was available. He could come in and cut. Look, they pulled him off a beach on vacation, right? They pay him top tier money. You know, I mean, you you throw, you know, there's an old saying about, you know, they pay you too much money to say no. That's probably the things that, you know, Quinn Snyder, you know, thought about. I mean, look, if you're if you're dragging a guy off the beach and, and he's coming in three quarters of the way through the season, certainly money's a factor. Certainly personnel decisions are a factor. There are a lot of things to this. Now, I don't agree with the theme of the article that the Hawks have a Trey Young problem. This is an opportunity for Trey Young and Quinn Snyder to get on the same page. Now, look, they certainly have to, your head coach and your star player has to have some kind of relationship. And you saw Chandler Parsons the other day, you know, he basically just said he didn't like Lloyd Pierce. And, and I understand that. And, and Lloyd Pierce was never going to be here for the long term. When Lloyd Pierce was hired, he was always a bridge coach to somebody else. And then that ended up being Nate McMillan. They go to the Eastern Conference Finals. He gets a four-year contract, and then it falls apart. But I, I don't like the way the article is phrased about the Hawks have a Trey Young problem. If Trey Young, and this is true for any superstar, Trey Young buys in with what Quinn Snyder is doing, and they have to have DeJounte Murray buy in, and they have to have John Collins buy in, and they have to have Clint Capella and DeAndre Hunter, and on and on and on and on and on. All of these guys have to buy in because if not, if they don't buy in, then you get to a situation where what we just had a few weeks ago, well, the message was stale. Well, we needed a new voice. Well, the message was for an older team and different things like that. Then you get to that point where the guys start to tune you out. So does Quinn Snyder and Trey Young have to have a relationship that they come together. I don't care if they go to dinners and I don't care if they do all these, you know, extracurricular stuff. I'm talking about the idea of coach and star player have to come together and be on the same page philosophically for what the franchise wants to do. And if they can do that, the sky's the limit. 
We talked to David Locke yesterday. I talked to Andy Larson on my radio show. They all say he's one of the smartest guys you'll ever meet. He's a basketball savant. He he's he eats, breathes, and sleeps basketball, and he knows more than maybe just about anybody. So if they can all come together, then I, look the sky again. The sky's the limit for all of this. But this idea that the that the Hawks have a Trey Young problem, they don't have a Trey Young problem. They just have to find the right guy. And and as I've said on my radio show, everybody is responsible for where the Hawks are at. The players are responsible. The coach was responsible. The owner was responsible. The front office is responsible. The ticket taker in section, you know, uh, taking tickets in, in, in gate two, I mean, is responsible. The beer vendors are responsible. Bob Rathburn's responsible. Everybody who's got a hand in the Hawks organization has led themselves to this. And that's why we're floundering around at 31 and 31. So I, I don't... I don't believe that Landry Fields and, and, you know, there's other quotes in the article that talk about the idea of you can't win with Trey Young or this or that. Well, I mean, they got two games away from being in the NBA finals. Seems like you can figure out a way to win with Trey Young. But, you know, there are there are always GMs with these agendas. And again, I don't like the idea of you have off the record GMs that say stuff and and things like that and talk about other franchises again if, if you're not going to quote the source if you're not going to use the source then don't put the quotes out there about what somebody said but do the hawks have a trey young problem no but do they have do they have to have their star player and their coach come together philosophically to get this franchise over the hump absolutely trey has to buy in Quinn Snyder has to buy in. And I think when they get to the end of the year, I think definitely Quinn Snyder is going to have a big voice in what's going to happen with this roster and different things like that. Don't be surprised if there aren't some changes to the front office or kind of the power play structure when all is said and done. Not right now, but look for that come the offseason. But I don't think the Hawks have a Trey Young problem, but they do have to get their star and their coach on the same page. All right, let's talk about our friends over at Built Bar. Listen, everybody's trying to get in shape right now, right? We're trying to get healthier. We're trying to exercise more, trying to get some shape, lose weight, whatever you got going on, okay? Built.com is the place to go where you're looking for your alternative and healthier snacks, whether you want traditional protein bars, whether you want the... um, protein-infused marshmallow puffs. Either way that you go, they have all of the great flavors that you would want, you know, from churro to coconut and and everything in between. But you're looking for that low-carb, low-sugar, low-calorie snack. Well, Built Bars, by and large, are 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, but 17 grams of protein. So you want that healthier alternative. So go to Built.com today, pick you up a box of Built Bars, but when you get, now you can also go the brick and mortar route where you can go to Walmart in the pharmacy section and get you a box of Built Bars. Or you can go to Sam's Club now and purchase a box of Built Bars. So whether you go the brick and mortar route, whether you go the online route, doesn't really matter. Now you can get all your Built Bars in several different places. Head to Built.com today. Check out their wide menu and their selection of products. Try them today. 
So <laughs> the next thing that that's out there is this article by Bob Nightingale, who, you know, if you don't know Bob Nightingale, and I've spoken to Bob, I've, I've had him hundreds of times, it seems like on, on my show. He's the uh, he's the national sports. He's a national baseball writer for USA Today. And he recently spoke to um, Dansby Swanson about obviously he was the hometown kid here in Atlanta and he took the money. And and, you know, um, they talk about the idea that the Braves only offered him six years at 100 million. He ended up getting 177 million and, and all this kind of stuff. And and. You know, he talked about, and, and this is him being quoted uh, in the article, um, asking about, you know, was was he ready to move on from Atlanta? And did he, you know, feel like the negotiations kind of hit the stumbling blocks? Quote, well, yes and no. I mean, I feel like ego gets in the way, but wouldn't let they wouldn't let me go, right? I'm a homegrown kid. I've kind of been leading this team for a while. I'm the center the glue of the team, like if there was ever anything more going on, people would come to me, okay? Then obviously they offered them the six years, $100 million. He got $177 million to, um, you know, go to the Cubs and all that kind of stuff. But here's the quote that everybody is kind of latching uh, on to, okay? Um, when he's talking about the, the Chicago Cubs, all right? Quote, this team means so much to so many people, which is very similar from the place I've just I just came from. From the gist I've gotten so far, pro sports in Chicago are a massive deal. Pro sports in Atlanta are like, well, kind of a deal. It's not a knock against anything about Atlanta, trust me. I'm a huge Falcons fan, a big Hawks fan, but it's just different. Cubs fans, Cubs everything is just a little bit different. Well, okay, I, and, and I understand that going to your new team and different things like that, but let me tell you, okay, here in Atlanta, where the Braves have the biggest radio market of any Major League Baseball team, they have a massive footprint that covers multiple states, and yes, I understand that there is not a professional baseball team that is in Alabama uh, or Tennessee at this point. So I, I get all of that. But the Braves don't play second fiddle to anybody when it comes to passionate fans. And we've seen over the last couple of years, whether it was the Braves World Series run, whether it's just been playoff baseball and atmosphere, whether it's been the Braves regular season. You know, the Braves, you know, and, and this is more than just the size of the stadium. Braves are one of the top attendance teams in Major League Baseball, and they have a definite passionate fan base. You know, look, I still think the Georgia Bulldogs are number one with a bullet, but the Braves are, don't play second fiddle to any baseball team, pro sports team when it comes to passion from their fan base. You, you look at the footprint, you look at the Braves merchandise, you look at all of the things the Braves have, and Look, they are a winning franchise and have been for a long, long time, for decades, right? I mean, again, with little blips and stuff like that in between, but if you were here for the 90s and obviously the 14 division titles and all that kind of stuff, they were always one of the top franchises in baseball. Not so much in the 80s and things like that, but 
certainly now that the, the you know from the 1990s and through today they are one of the top franchises in baseball i don't think that and i know he wasn't taking a shot at the atlanta braves okay and it's easy you know the cubs are the lovable losers and all the stuff even though they got a world series championship and all that but they still portray themselves as the lovable losers and different things like that but it may be cubs 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 up there but i promise you that you know when you get to those towns you know the nfl is still a big deal people are still bears fans up there and when it comes to baseball we don't play second fiddle to chicago or anywhere else you look at our footprint you look at what we have as an organization and look the reason that they moved up north into you know the smyrna cobb county area whatever like that is to go up toward their fans and have that bigger footprint right i mean they have that bigger footprint that people come from out of state people come from alabama people come from tennessee to come down and see games there's a very loyal and passionate fan base that this franchise has. So when you start talking about the idea of, well, it's Cubs, 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 Cubs. Well, again, walk down the street anywhere you want. You'll see Braves merchandise. You'll see guys with Braves hats on. You'll see ladies with Braves uh, jerseys and T-shirts and everything like that. You'll see all the merchandise. You'll see that there are passionate Braves fans. And they have been for a long, long time. And what happened in the 1980s, you have a whole new generation of Braves fans that by and large have known mostly success through the 90s and through this last several years, the last five years of, of winning the division title. You've known nothing but success for your franchise. So it may be Cubs, 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 but certainly don't underestimate the power of the Atlanta Braves and, and the wide swath that they cut through the fabric of baseball, right? They are one of the most popular teams in baseball. I know Dansby wasn't trying to diss them and this, that, and the other, but there's no less passion from this fan base than there is for the Chicago Cubs. There's no less passion from this fan base for the Atlanta Falcons than there is from the Chicago Bears. The Bears may have been around longer. The Cubs have been around longer. But how many guys, with all due respect, how many guys are still alive from 1901 that are Chicago Cubs fans? That's the only difference in it. So I understand what Dansby was saying, but please don't underestimate the power of Braves fans and pro sports in Atlanta. We may be focused on a lot more college football because they don't really have that up there. You know, Illinois is not exactly, and, and, and Champaign, Illinois is not exactly right close to Chicago. And a lot of people are Notre Dame fans up there, but don't underestimate what the Braves foot pattern or footprint has been through the Southeastern part of the United States. All right, well, thank you so much for making Hit and Hard with John Chuck for your first listen. Make sure you make Locked On Sports today your second listen, biggest stories of the day instant reaction, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on Odyssey, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get all of your favorite podcasts from. We ask you to head over to youtube.com for Locked on Sports Atlanta into your search browser. When you get there, hit that subscribe button, leave us a comment. We're free and available to download on all of your favorite podcast platforms. So wherever you get them, Spotify, Apple, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts from, you can download us for free there. 
Roku and Amazon Fire, two additional ways that you can check us out. Follow us on those platforms. And then, as always, give me a follow on my personal Twitter page, at JMCH316. Back with you tomorrow. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. 